It's October 18th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Deutsche Welle, Germany's national broadcaster, is reporting that NATO began its annual series of nuclear preparedness drills on the heels of veiled threats from Russian President Vladimir Putin that he might consider a nuclear option after military setbacks in Ukraine. The alliance stressed, however, that the drills are a routine recurring training activity that had been planned before Russia invaded Ukraine. A NATO press release stated that the drills are, quote, not linked to any current world events. The drills, which run until October 30th, are taking place mostly in Belgium, the UK, and the North Sea. They involve U.S. B-52 bombers as part of 60 total aircraft participating in training flights. Also among the aircraft involved in the drills are fourth- and fifth-generation fighter jets, as well as surveillance and tanker aircraft, the alliance said in a press release. Meanwhile, Russia is set to hold its annual nuclear drills named GROM, or THUNDER, which are routinely conducted in late October. Early this morning, Russia hit civilian infrastructure sites in Dnipro, Kiev, and Zhitomer, according to the Kiev Independent. Russian forces struck energy infrastructure in the city of Dnipro twice, according to the deputy head of the president's office. After the attack, some districts of Dnipro, as well as towns in the surrounding region, have been left without electricity. There are also problems with water supply on Dnipro's left bank, according to the Oblast governor. Kiev Mayor Vitaly Klitschko said that Russia's strikes have damaged two critical infrastructure sites and urged the city residents to limit their water and electricity consumption. Overall, nearly 50,000 people in Kiev and 30,000 people in Dnipro were left without electricity, said the head of energy supplier Yasno. In a follow-up to yesterday's news around the firing of Kwasi Kwarteng, Le Monde is reporting that Jeremy Hunt, Kwarteng's successor as British Chancellor, reversed most of an economic package announced by the government just weeks ago, including a planned cut to income tax. Mr. Hunt said a planned one percentage point cut to the basic rate of income tax that had been due to take effect next year won't happen. He also scaled back a cap on energy prices designed to help households pay their bills. It will now be reviewed in April rather than lasting two years. Monday's hastily scheduled announcement came two weeks before Mr. Hunt is due to set out a medium-term fiscal plan. I've warned a number of times on this show that economic pain will cause governments incredible challenges and that there are few solutions given the global roots of these economic crises. However, while governments aren't easily able to solve the cost-of-living crisis, they can easily make it worse. Incompetence in the UK might finally catch up to the Conservatives, but they don't have to hold an election until 2025, so they have some time to flounder. Elsewhere, the Sydney Morning Herald is reporting that Australia and Israel are locked in a tense diplomatic dispute 
after the Albanese government decided to no longer recognize West Jerusalem as Israel's capital, drawing condemnation from Israel's Prime Minister over a hasty policy reversal. Australia's ambassador to Israel will be summoned to explain the move, which local peak Jewish bodies slammed as a gratuitous insult to a key strategic and economic partner. Foreign Minister Penny Wong said Labour was fulfilling a long-standing commitment to unwind a cynical 2018 decision by the Morrison government, winning praise from local Palestinian advocates who urged the government to go further and recognize Palestinian statehood. In light of the way in which this decision was made, we can only hope that the Australian government manages other matters more seriously and professionally, Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid said through a spokeswoman. The United States and Mexico said yesterday they will seek support from the United Nations for a security mission to restore order in Haiti amid a worsening financial crisis, but did not identify who would lead the mission according to a report by Reuters. Haiti is facing dire shortages of basic goods and a paralysis of economic activity due to the blockade of a fuel terminal by gangs, which has halted transport and left many without food or clean drinking water amid an outbreak of cholera. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres earlier this month suggested sending in a rapid action force, according to a letter seen by Reuters. The Security Council is separately considering a sanctions regime to impose an asset freeze, travel ban, and arms embargo on anyone who threatens the peace in Haiti according to a draft resolution seen by Reuters. The administration of President Joe Biden has appeared skeptical of sending troops to Haiti, which has a long history of U.S. military intervention. Kenya's newspaper of record, The Nation, says that authorities in Ethiopia's rebel-held Tigray region say they would respect a ceasefire as fighting intensified in the country's war-torn north and the African Union called for an immediate truce. International concern is growing around the fate of Shire, a city of 100,000 people in northwest Tigray, where Ethiopian and Eritrean troops have launched a joint offensive and civilian casualties have been reported. UN Chief Antonio Guterres has joined the United States and other Western powers in voicing alarm over the worsening violence and called for a peaceful settlement to this catastrophic conflict. Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed's government and the Tigrayan authorities have accepted an AU invitation to talk, but negotiations set for last weekend in South Africa failed to materialize, and no new date has been announced. The AP reports that within hours of Burkina Faso's second coup this year, the head of Russia's shadowy mercenary outfit, the Wagner Group, was among the first to congratulate the new junta leader in West Africa. In a message posted on Telegram, Yevgeny Prigozhin praised the mutinous soldiers for doing what was necessary. That same day, pro-Kremlin political analysts Sergei Markov posted that the Russian people had helped the new coup leader, and he predicted that Burkina Faso's new leadership would turn to Russia for help instead of former colonizer France. The Burkina Faso coup that we just witnessed could be the first example of Russia playing a part 
in instigating a coup rather than just capitalizing on pre-existing unrest, said Samuel Ramani, associate fellow at the Royal United Services Institute, a defense and security think tank. In lighter news, of all the people in Jonathan Saha's life worth dedicating his book to, none of them could match the impact, or lack thereof, of Toast the Cat. Saha's cat was no help at all, reads the dedication page in Colonizing Animals, which recently went viral on Twitter, collecting more than 266,000 likes. It felt appropriate to dedicate the book to the animal who had the biggest impact on my life, Saha said. The book explores how colonialism changed people's relationships with animals in Myanmar and how colonialism was widely reliant on animals, practices which have profound legacies today, he said. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Jacob Stokes, a senior fellow at the Center for a New American Security, about the ongoing Chinese Communist Party Congress. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.